It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. You think uh, A-Rod used uh, this Prince song for his walk-up music? He used different Prince songs. Different Prince songs? I don't know. I'll, I'll ask him now. It's funny because you talk about Prince. Prince, of course, was from Minneapolis. And you know where Alex Rodriguez is right now? He's in Minnesota because the Blue Jays and Twins start that playoff series today. So we'll find out. 696 home runs later in my lifetime. And if God is good to me, I'll be 57 in April. Alex Rodriguez is the best shortstop I've ever seen. He's a great player. I mean, offensively, defensively, he's just the best. And I got to know Alex over the years a bit down in Miami, but now he's Joe Tacopina's buddy. They go to hurricane games together. So Tacopina told me I had to do this. Actually helped set this up. But after three great Hispanic guests, my former producer down at WQAM in Miami, Victor Bermudez, he's now won four Emmy Awards, Geraldo Rivera, and the New York Police Commissioner, first Latino man ever, Eddie Caban. We go to the man himself, former Yankee great Alex Rodriguez. Hey, Rod, it's Sid in New York. How are you, buddy? Sid, I'm doing great, and great to be on your show. Enjoyed uh, your little uh, Joe Tacopina uh, <laughs> when he was out a couple of weeks. You oh, guys fun together. He is, you know, he got me to Trump, too, so he's got me some decent people so far. But I tell you, he's got great contact. He does, yeah. So the last time you're going to love this. The last time you were on the radio with me, you got to go back like 14 years, Alex. And I'm doing a sports show. Now I do politics, but I'm doing a sports show down in Miami at some car dealer on 441. And you're on the air with me. You, you know, you're doing your thing. You're great. And um, <laughs> I bring on Mike Francesa in the middle of the interview to talk with you. You know, but I'm doing the show with the guy who played for the Dolphins. And his name is O.J. McDuffie. And while we're talking, all of a sudden, Francesa and O.J. get into this huge fight on the air because O.J.'s like, Mike, you never played any sport. You shouldn't talk about it. You and I are sitting there speechless, didn't say a word. You handled it great. You remember that, the Francesa-McDuffie fight on the air with you and I? I do, and I remember listening to you and O.J. You guys had a great show. But, yeah, Mike is uh, one of the greatest of all time. You know that in New York, a legend in sports radio with Chris Russo and I've become very friendly with Mike over the years and a big admirer. So that was a kind of a unique situation where you and I were playing referee and I'm on the sidelines. <laughs> but, you know, O.J. Walker's your dying in Miami. And Mike is a good friend of mine, yeah. as is Dog. Dog was on the show just a couple of days yeah. ago, and they're both great baseball ambassadors, Alex. And Dog is a Giants fan, but Mike is a Yankee fan. And uh, I haven't listened to Mike. He's on a podcast now, not radio. But something tells me, Alex, if I was listening to Mike – he would say what Chris Russo said on the show a couple of days ago, which is, I love Brian Cashman. I love him. And he had a great run with the Yankees. But 25 years is too long. No World Series since Alex, 2009, too long. And if he goes, Boone has to go too. 
every New York sports guy I speak to, including the two legends you just spoke to, thought the Yankees should fire both Cashman and Boone. I know you love those guys, whatever, but you played with the Yankees. But if you're going to be honest about it, it's kind of a long stay with very little success as of late, no? Yeah, you know, listen, if you want to put Brian Cashman in the Hall of Fame, you know, go go for it. But 25 years is a long time. I, my concern, Sid, with anything, as I talk to New York fan base all over the world, is I think they're beginning to lose <clears throat> faith in the organization. And you never want a fan base to do that because you rip their heart out. Um, but but I think when you look at – I think it's less about the players. <clears throat> Excuse me, Sid. Less about the players and Aaron Boone. I think the architecture of this team is, is flawed. And it's not that they just make mistakes, but it's by how far they're making this mistake and how badly they're missing. It's almost like they're playing darts in a dark room. Um, the, the best case I can say to, to prove that is, you know, three, four years ago, Aaron, uh, Aaron Judge was dying for an extension. They say no to Judge, and they, they give the extension to the other Aaron, Aaron Hicks, for seven years. <laughs> they walk out, they release him after five years, and it cost the Yankees an extra $200 million to sign Judge. And, and many, many other misses with Donaldson. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it'll be really interesting to see how you fix it, but I don't see a quick fix in the next three years. That is excellent analysis, and I love the Judge Hicks stuff, Alex. You're exactly right. So let me take you back to uh, 2004, I guess. So I'm at the fan, and, and I'm doing the sports on IMS Alex, but I'm doing the midday show. And I'm on right before Mike and the Mad Dog. I was there for five years. I had two separate partners. One was Joe Beningo. I know you know Joe. But when I was on that day in 2004, my partner was uh, Jody McDonald. Maybe 2003, I forget. And that was the day that the Yankees announced you were coming to New York. And I'm watching it on TV. I'm watching Tory. I'm watching Jeter, all these people. And we remarked the whole time about Alex coming to the Yanks. Some guys looked happy. Some, to be honest, Alex, ah, I wasn't so sure. And then, of course, over the years, you and Jeter had this on and off relationship. But Jeter comes to Fox and is doing baseball. And, in fact, will be doing baseball, I believe, this postseason with you and David Ortiz. So, Peaches and Herb once sang, Alex, reunited, and it feels so good. Is that you and Jeter right now? Well, I'm very excited, and I got to tell you, management came to me and asked me about the possibility of talking to Derek, and uh, I stood up very quickly and said, absolutely, it would be great to be reunited again. I mean, Sid, is almost 20 years. It's scary. Wow. On the 20-year anniversary when I came to be his teammate uh, and moved over to third, and what's ironic is now he's coming to our team, and he's got the third corner spot in the <laughs> corner next to Poppy. That's funny. But I think it's going to be great TV. Uh Look, to, to be next to those two guys that collectively have eight rings between them, uh, arguably the most popular Yankee of all time in Derek Jeter, arguably the most uh, popular Red Sox of all time. And then you have me that <laughs> some like me, some don't like me. And, uh, but it makes you know, for good television. And Kevin Burkhardt, who I think is the greatest point he's guard, great. yep. who does great work at football, and now he's the host of our show. So it's going to be really exciting to, to have Derek on. I'm, I'm thrilled. Yeah, when I was at the fan, Kevin was still doing the Mets stuff with, I think, Gary Cohen and Keith Hernandez and all those guys. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, he's a monster star now. And, you know, you're being a little humble about yourself there, Alex. I mean, you know, certainly you had an unbelievable career. I think you should be in the Hall of Fame. I think it's a joke. I'm a little tired of all this, all that stuff. I don't care. Had enough of it. It came up again for some reason a couple of weeks ago with you. But um, if, if I was to shoot you up with truth serum right now, because one thing you do very well, Alex, and I give you credit, you're a wonderful speaker. You are. 
You're great on TV. You know baseball as well as anybody. You can manage a team tomorrow. I'm surprised you haven't already. So if Mike shot you up with truth serum right now and said, hey, Alex, be honest, are you pissed about the way baseball has treated you, the way fans and writers talk about you with the career that you had? I know you would say yes. No? Well, it's funny. Said I'm, I'm actually going to start working on my documentary, and I'll have an opportunity in that forum to speak uh, openly. But, look, at the end of the day, said, look, I had an incredible career. I'm a kid that came from uh, two immigrant parents, uh, you know, born in New York, raised in Miami. I came up from nothing. Dad left at the age of 10. Along the way, I made some mistakes. I paid dearly for them uh, and then took full accountability. And, uh, you know, I've been able to stand up from taking a, a knockout punch where I think most people would have probably stayed down, and especially yep. with the resources that I've had in my career. So more than anything, look, America is about comebacks. Uh, I, I faced the mirror uh, and uh, paid the penalty. And thank God the last 10 years have, have been the best 10 years of my life. And if I've cost myself the Hall of Fame, I have no one to blame but myself, Said, But hopefully I can be a, a force of good for the next generation. And hopefully some of the youngsters can avoid some of the mistakes that I've made. God, that is a great message from you, Alex, on this Hispanic Heritage Day. I want to get to your life, too, after baseball because it's really impressive. But you are in Minnesota today. We have four playoff series that get underway. The Rangers are in Tampa Bay, Toronto and Minnesota. That's your game with my friend Michael Kay. Then you get Arizona and Milwaukee and the Marlins. No Derek Jeter to the playoffs this year in Philly for the Phillies. We know, of course, uh, the Astros and the Orioles get the bye in the American League and the Braves and Dodgers in the NL. And a lot of folks I speak to, Alex, are still picking chalk. They can't see anybody beating Atlanta, especially with Acuna being around for this postseason. So as you get set to call the Jays and Twins today, do you have a team that you think may surprise some people? Maybe that Minnesota Twins team. Yeah, let me give you a couple of data points that are super important. Since the division series started 54 years ago, only 14 teams with the best record have gone on to win the World Series. So the Atlanta Braves, while they're Goliath, is not a guarantee. Actually, 80% says they won't repeat again. That doesn't mean I won't bet against Atlanta, but those are the numbers, and do with them as you may. As far as the Marlins being in, I don't think as much heat, and it was a bad trade for Cashman, that Cashman got with Stanton because they already had a guy that looked just like him and Aaron judge that was the rookie of the year was a form, you know, future MVP. And they duplicated that as much heat as Brian Cashman has gone. Derek Jeter has not gotten enough credit for unloading that talent and that contract to the Yankees. And then being in the postseason this year, Derek Jeter deserves a lot of credit because he was the architect of a team with very limited resources, the opposite of the New York Yankees. So, you can never bet against Houston. You can never bet against the Braves. But if I had to uh, pick one, I would say don't sleep on the Baltimore Orioles. They have the second-best record in Major League Baseball, the second. And yet they're still looked upon like the Orioles from five years ago. It's true. You're right about that because people just don't realize who they are. A lot of Even the right. staunchest of baseball fans can tell you four guys on the team, and those guys are great, and they do everything well, everything well. You know, one more on baseball, then we'll get to your life after baseball. The Mets uh, really got rid of, they fired Buck Showalter. I know he resigned, but they fired him. So years ago, Alex, when Steve Phillips and the Mets were flirting with you, I remember being on the fan and saying, give him what he wants. He wants airplanes. He wants he wants Staten Island. Give it to him. I don't care. Get <laughs> Alex Rodriguez to the Mets. I'm a Mets fan. I'm not a Yankee fan. And it uh, didn't happen. 
And uh, I was really upset about it because I thought you could be that guy to turn the Met organization around. I don't know what your relationship has been with the Mets since that Phillips era when he flirted with you, but I got to tell you, I was I was surprised that they got rid of Buck. I know Stearns comes in. He's the new guy, and Cohen wants to give his new baseball man the opportunity to bring in who he wants. But I thought Buck Showalter deserved better than that. What about you? First of all, I love Buck Showalter. I think he's one of the greatest minds uh, alive in the game of baseball today. Again, much like Aaron Boone, a lot of these things that have nothing to do with X's and O's, it has to do with the architecture of the team, and it always starts at the very top. So I think a little bit uh, of unfortunate situation for Buck. Uh, I think he can be a great advisor for, for an owner anywhere, um, and he's going to be an asset into any room he walks into. Uh, I don't think we can really uh, judge, uh, no pun intended, Aaron, uh, Aaron Boone, uh, until he has a, a team that's you know predictable, uh, a lineup that he can throw. I said, I'm so sick of all these different lineups. It's just crazy. I remember when Joe Torre walked into his room, and he said, all right, big boy, uh, spring training, I'm going to give you all the flexibility you want. You get whatever you want in spring training. During the season, I get what I want. You're going to be hitting fourth and playing every day at third base. <clears throat> and, and that gave me a comfort level that's yep. really important. This yep. idea that you can hit cleanup one day, first the other, second. It, it, this is not like Nintendo, right? You've got to have <laughs> these humans that, you know, you go to the same show. I know when you do your show, you, you have your own little superstitious. Baseball players are the same way. So I think that's something we got to get back to a little bit. This is Hispanic Heritage Day. We're celebrating it here, uh, Alex. And I spoke to Geraldo Rivera and the first Latino police commissioner. And all this baseball talk is great. But you said you may have enjoyed the last 10 years more than any other decade in your life. You're in Minnesota today for the Blue Jays and Twins. Most people may not know this about you. You actually own a part of the NBA team in that state. You are part owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I said to Takapina last week, I said, you know, A-Rod is, he's always been smart and handsome and all these things, you know. I said, but his life after baseball, I said, A-Rod to me is a Latino version of Magic Johnson. Magic has the movie theater, Starbucks. He is a mogul since he left the Lakers. A-Rod is a Latino version of Magic Johnson. Tak said, you know, you're right. So for what it's worth, you're right. You've done your most impressive work, A-Rod, since baseball. You know, Sid, thank you very much. And it's funny you mentioned Magic, who's a great friend and a mentor and a role model of mine. And I sat with him about 25 years ago. It was supposed to be a 20-minute meeting. We sat for three hours. I had nine pages of notes. And he gave me basically the roadmap to what it is to create what was Magic Johnson Enterprise that's today a multi-billion-dollar empire. Wow. And I thought I followed those rules, right, to the T. And uh, to this day, he still consults with me a lot. And uh, it's been very, very exciting uh, to be involved in business, to be uh, a role model. I, I probably mentor, you know, over 30 or 40 professional active athletes in every sport today. And athletes today, Sid, are smarter than ever. They're richer than ever. But they don't want to be just ball players. They want to be great at social media, fashion, media, entertainment, podcasting. Uh, the plethora of, of options that these players have today is, is better than none. What they do need is a surrounding people. I always say you're an average of five people you surround yourself with and, and really be around good people and practice good uh, business practice if they want to be involved. I was just about to ask you, we'll wrap the conversation up here. Like, you know, you a Hall of Fame baseball player, you know, uh, the J-Lo stuff. We know, of course, you're, so you're on every magazine show every day. 
you know, now you own just about all these things all over the country. But when you were talking just now and you talked about mentoring young people and five people in your life that could help you, I said to myself, I'm not sure if Alex does motivational speaking, but you can, you can certainly do that. You're like Tony Robbins. I said, so what is it that Alex hasn't done, that he hasn't done, that's on his bucket list to do sometime in the near future? Well, look, I mean, it is Hispanic uh, Heritage Month, Sid, and, and, you know, for me, you know, one of the things that I look forward to, I mean, the, the U.S. economy, we, we the Latinos, represent over a trillion dollars uh, of spending in the U.S. economy. Um, but there's still a lot of work to do. When you look at the Fortune 500 companies, there's only 20 CEOs. And while 20 sounds like a big number, is not, you know, cohesive with the amount of Latinos there is. It's like a rocket ship as far as the growth, uh, the influence. And we have to close the gap between boardrooms and the labor force. And hopefully I can be an advocate for uh, the great Hispanic people all over. And it's not just enough that I'm in the boardroom, but I have to keep those, that door open for other men and women and everybody to come in and participate and learn and, and cultivate. And, and that's what I'm excited about. The second part is the most important role in my life Sid, is being a father. I have an 18-year-old daughter that I just dropped off at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor last month. Uh, she's doing wow. fantastic. I'm a, I'm a depressed mess. <laughs> I miss her at dinner every night. Uh, and I have a sophomore that's at Gulliver High School in uh, Miami. And, uh, yep, again, yep. we talk about all the issues in this country. I'm a big believer that it starts at home. It starts at the breakfast table, at the dinner table, putting the phones away, having an old-school conversation, making eye contact. And, and that's where if America focuses on home first, I think we'll be a much better country as well. My sister went to Michigan when Glenn Rice and the Wolverines beat Seton Hall to win the NCAA basketball championship. I was there for that. Glenn Rice is still a dear friend of mine today. And Glenn, of course, is a Miami guy like you, Alex, and played all those great years for the Miami Heat down there. So I get all that. My daughter's in college in Europe, too, so I get all that. And I know Gulliver very well, living in Boca Raton for 16 years and doing a ton of shows in Fort Lauderdale and Miami. So on the way out, just tell me this. What was your childhood like where did you grow up, the whole family experience? Because somewhere right now, there's a young Latino child going, hey, I want to be Alex, and I'm in this situation, which could be good or bad. What was it like for Alex Rodriguez as a kid? Well, Sid, I remember growing up, uh, born in New York, raised in Miami. My, my father left when I was 10. I'll never forget um, my mother having to take on two jobs uh, with my two older siblings, and my mom was a secretary in the morning. She served tables at night right there in Latin America on 107 in Coral Way, uh, right by Tamiami, uh, where yeah. I played a little bit of, uh, you know, Little League Baseball. And I remember going into a supermarket and seeing uh, some cash when we had to pay out, and it wasn't green money. It was a funny color. And I knew that was different. And it was food stamps. And that was the day, Sid, when I was about 12 years old that wow. I said, oh, my gosh. I better get going. I got to take care of mama. And uh, I made a promise to myself that if I ever made enough money, uh, she'll never work a day in her life. That was my job and my mission in life. And thank goodness uh, the Mariners came calling when I was 17. I was in the big leagues at 18. And she's 87 today, doing better than ever. Uh -huh. And has never worked a day in her life after I uh, signed that contract with the Mariners in 1993. Look at, you. Look at you. How could you not love you, by the way, Alex? How could you not? Does she live in Miami, too? Is she down there? <laughs> Plenty don't. She's in Miami, and uh, and she's doing fantastic. She's a force of nature, 
I do want to end with one little story because I didn't answer your question. Uh, and I apologize for that. Is uh, I, in my childhood, I was a great, big, big Mets fan. And of course, you remember '86 yep. with Doc and you know Strawberry and uh, Carter and Hernandez. That was a great legendary team. Of course, WOR. I used to watch every game at night. Uh, you know, listening to Ralph Kiner and Kiner's Corner and Tim McCarver uh, doing color and. I remember going back to the Fred Wilpon and Steve Phillips, who I've become friendly with since, and both are really classy people. Um, I remember meeting with Scott Boers the day before, and I said, now, Scott, listen to me and listen to me clearly. I will take a 50% haircut to go play for the New York Mets. Because, of course, I grew up watching Magic and Bird, and I thought me in New York, they would just got beat in the 2000 World Series. They have Jeter. I can be the final piece to join Piazza and oh. Olerud and Ventura. Oh. And I thought that was a perfect match. And I said to Scott, I'm going to take a 50% haircut to go play for the Mets because I want to go to, you know, Shea Stadium and be that guy. And the next day in the paper, I wake up that I want airplanes. I know. And I want concessions. <laughs> and I want $300 million. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is a bad nightmare. I said the exact opposite. I believe you. But that's why I said give me airplanes. But I believe you. Uh, and I know you would have been great, and that would have been great. You with Mike and Edgardo and John, and you up against Jeter instead of playing with Jeter would have been amazing. But look, a guy has a plan. It all worked out. You got to be a Yankee. I know of all the stops you had: Seattle, Texas. That the Bronx had to be your favorite. You won a World Series here, and you're forever a part of uh, New York lore, which is a uh, a very very big deal. And you're a super guy. And I really appreciate you doing this, Alex. It was a great conversation. God bless you. Continued success. Let's talk again very soon. Enjoy the game today in Minnesota. Thank you very much. Sid, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of all your work. And maybe next time I come to the studio, we do a full 30 minutes. <laughs> I would love that. I'm serious. When you come to New York, please, let's do that. Okay, buddy? You got it. Take care, Sid. Be well. Enjoy the game. You too. That's Alex Rodriguez, folks. You got to love him. I'm sorry. Even Lou's smiling. You gotta love him. You better get a cot or some medication for Justin that day. <laughs> I know. He Justin, was... Justin, Trump called here two weeks ago. Trump was on my show two weeks ago. He wasn't even nervous. He's waiting for Alex to call the studios. He's trembling. No, he goes like this. No, so what do I, what do I say first? <laughs> so I say, Mr. Do I say, hey, hey, well, what did, how, how did you uh, say hello to Alex? Uh, what did I say to him? Would you say Alex? Did you say Mr. Rodriguez? I, I kind of went back and forth. I, I didn't, couldn't really quite decide. I, <laughs> I decided, I, I, so I called him Alex one time, and then I called him Mr. Rodriguez. Yeah. But then afterward, I was like, why wouldn't I just call him A-Rod? Right. Like, they right. gave him that nickname. Sure, right, because you, you know? guys are that close. Right. right. Well, he right. asked me my name, and I said, well, sir. Yeah. I, and then I called him sir a couple of times. Yes, I was like, sir. where am I? Like, England? Am I, am, I in the, am I in the United Kingdom? But whatever oh, he God. does, about five minutes while you're talking to him during the interview, this is what I hear. I'm working over here, and I hear Justin going, I, I can't believe I just said it like that. I can't believe I called. What that? Mr. Rodriguez, what's wrong with me? What's, just yeah. muttering to yeah. himself. I wish we had tape of the actual uh, phone call before. He was a great guest, an amazing guest. Yeah. You were nervous. You're a Yankee fan. You love Alex, huh? I listened. Alex came here. He won two MVPs. Won a He's calling series. you back right now. I swear to God. Oh, my God. No That's Alex, I swear to God. Oh it's Alex God. Rodriguez. It's He's calling back. Oh, my God. Oh, my oh, God. No. Justin will be incapacitated <laughs> for the next few minutes. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, what's he going to say? Now he's Alex. Now they're buddies. You know, now. Hey, Alex. How are you, man? Hey. I got to hear about this. Let's take a quick break and find out why Alex is calling. Traffic. He wants to come back on, Alex? Yeah. Why not? No, no. Does he really? Is that why he called back? I don't know. Let's see. Oh, no, never oh. mind. Oh, okay. Oh.